Welcome. Now we're on the air. The little box is on. Hey, welcome everybody. We're live at OAS Info Service. Uh, I'm Jose Rakenna. I don't, I shouldn't be using my name. Um, no names. Said, said, no, names. no names. We did. All right. Well, that went live, so that's too late. Um, but well, anyway, we're going to be going off my Twitter today. I foolishly left my name up there. We're the Twitter, we're the Twitter local, local news. news. We are the Twitter local news. Um, I'm joined today by Frankie and Willie Boy. Hello. Hey. Good to be back, y'all. Glad to have uh, you back, hey, back. Glad to have you back, Frankie. Frankie. Yeah, we have fun here. Um, yeah, we like to pump out t- content. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, love it when people check it out and give us feedback. We also think it's important to just make this content exist. Uh, today we are live reacting to a weekend. Um, Bernie came to town on Thursday, and then uh, he headlined uh, labor notes. And then uh, what we're starting with today was uh, why the ramifications of that uh, globally. Uh, there was two major elections: uh, one in Colombia, one in France. Uh, Francis Parliament, um, which takes a little bit more dissecting analysis. We might spend less time on that. Yeah. We're going to do all that um, after we talk about the good news of the day. Um, the best news of the day. Uh, Gustavo Petro becomes Colombia's first leftist president after many, many uh, right-wing regimes in Colombia. Um, administrations, um, you know, he, this is a historic, uh, you know, part of the pink wave in, uh, that's happening in Latin America. Um, it's also historic because his running mates, first woman uh, vice president, uh, Francia Marquez, uh, she's a single mother, former housekeeper, she will become the country's first black woman vice president, according to BBC. Um, maybe they got it wrong, but we're going to cite them. For this um and yeah um you know i'm gonna go through some of the articles and like kind of you know pause at different headlines but i wanted to start with your guys's initial take um you know you guys both read up on on uh, latin american history and the first pink wave and and you know where that wording comes from you know i wonder if you're uh, optimistic i know that colombia's Congress, as I understand it, is still fairly right wing. You know, this was not a a total blowout, but it was a pretty uh, uh, definitive victory um, by uh, Petro's party. Um, I believe he had like fifty seven percent, and uh, you know he's coming out, uh, you know, swinging. Uh, there's a, like this uh, levity in Latin American politics of uh, feeling um, justified. And, uh, you know, with the way they've conducted themselves throughout the previous, o- the, the very recent OAS summit and, uh, and they're, they're doing right by their people in the face of countless, uh, global crises that there's only so much that these governments can really uh, respond to. Um, I want to get your thoughts. I think it's a huge deal. Um, first and foremost, because Colombia is the third biggest country in South America. Um, and like you said, this is a country that has a history of right-wing narco governments, um, you know, just a, a stronghold for U.S. imperialism in, in the region. 
Um, so, so this is huge um, in that context, right? In, in that Colombia is, is a big player and a big deal um, in the global South. But then also, uh, like you said, uh, this this kind of continues the trend, right? Of uh, in the last two to three years, we've seen uh, Bolivia, um, you know, bring uh, Evo Morales back, right? Uh, we've seen uh, Peru uh, elect, you know, a leftist leader, Chile. Um, so like you said, the tide, the tide is, it's coming, it's here. It's not, it's coming, it's here, right? It's, it's turning. Um, so th this is kind of, I guess, on, on a bigger, and maybe it's kind of general, right? But in the bigger, bigger picture, right? We're, we're kind of seems like we're entering this multipolar world, right? With China just happy to sit back and watch, watch the shit show over here. Uh, and Russia making the moves that they're moving, right? This kind of further emphasizes that, you know, the traditional balance, right, is is kind of shifting. So, this this is big for Latin America. So, I'm, I'll be definitely keeping an eye on this and trying to keep pulse with it because um, it'll be interesting to say the least. Yeah, um, you know. Precarious time. I mean, we've seen these uh, awesome moments before, and then, and then they kind of go, they can go sideways, like we've seen with Allende. Um, but uh, Willie, you know, like you tend to have a pretty uh, uh, deep analysis of situations. Any any initial? I like the calling. I like getting called on. I like how we're called. Like this is a nice facilitation. Thank you, Jose. And. I would like, I would to, like say to say that, that I, agree I agree with Frankie, with Frankie that, that I was very concerned, concerned about the future of Colombia, that they uh, were going to become some kind of uh, hyper-militarized, uh, massive, massive U.S. US military, military base. base. They have, they, have they are that way in a way, way. but you, you have this civilian, civilian control asserting himself. I think we got to see with all these Latin American guys. Uh, are, you uh, are you going to uh, push the finer points, or are you going to... Get them, you know, you know cut, cut a million, a million paper, paper cuts, cuts and, and you, then you bleed, then out, bleed you know? out, you know? Yeah. Now, do you guys think that this, uh, I mean, to your point, a million paper cuts, uh, that's, that's what we've seen from the U.S.'s policy on Latin America before. Um, there seems to be, since the Bolivia reverse coup, the anti-coup, uh, the you know the rightful the big Bible big coup theory of it, um, kind of like this permiss big Bible coup, <laughs> yeah. Since the reversing of that, there's been a, I, in my opinion, you know, given the CIA's track record and the way that we've seen some open uh, coup efforts in like Venezuela, um, there's been some permissiveness uh, by Western powers on. Um, you know, like Latin, like not weighing in as heavily in Latin American elections as we see, uh, you know, uh, foreign corporate powers weigh in on on um, on the U.S.'s elections. But um, do you think this is going to help Lula, or is uh, is this going to be kind of where like the international bourgeois decides to like, okay, this is as far as the left's going to go in Latin America? Um. Or is that even within their capabilities anymore? You know, like to your point, Frankie, it's like this unipolar wor polar world, you know, just like Latin American, you know, their own like, you know, rich, you know, uh, investors kind of like being defensive 
um, and kind of abandoning Europe and you know in favor of like what Russia and China's way of a foreign investment goes. I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually really glad. That's what the situation. I mean, I. Yeah, no, it's it's a, a it's kind of because of how interconnected and globalized everything is now, right? Um, that's just how it works, right? It's a big piece, maybe depending on how you look at it, right? But it's a piece of the puzzle, a lot of moving pieces. But I'm glad you brought up Brazil and Lula because, to be honest with you, and I guess kind of the the rush and the recency of all of this, I hadn't even really considered. Um, I know as recently as uh, what a couple of weeks ago when the you know us organization of American states was supposed to have the summit that uh, Bolsonaro was already kind of helping Biden for for help. He was kind of feeling the heat and the pressure uh, down there in Brazil. So I, I hadn't even really considered the ramifications of that. I was actually my first thought was uh, Ecuador because in, in Ecuador right now, the last couple of days we've had a bunch of. Uh, protesting and right. you know curfews being set in place and um the indigenous population being a, a, a big um force there in, in the the movements and actions going on in, in ecuador as well and you know it's been a couple things in in ecuador as well but right now is the, the gas hike is is the really the, the hot topic issue the one that's really pushing people um, so yeah i hadn't even considered that one one of their you know south american neighbors when there's stuff going on and Ecuador, so again, just far-reaching implications. I don't know what they they are yet. I'd probably have to think about it a little bit more. But um, very, very interesting the timing of it all. Yeah, exciting. I, I hesitate yeah, I, to say exciting because we've seen uh, we've seen stranger things happen, right? But uh, you know, right somewhere, the yeah. CIA is already uh, checking boxes, right? No, they're no, they're, they're all out, they're of, all spoons. out of spoons. Yeah. They're, um, they're, um, they're having, they're having an accountability, accountability circle, circle about, about all that, that 1970s, 1970s uh, 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 no, good no good business, business. you know, they're doing the work and uh, the restorative, restorative justice process, process is ongoing, ongoing with internal, with internal to the CIA. CIA. Oh, that's, uh, wow. Yeah, th yeah no, that, that was their whole branding thing. Didn't they have that, like, the woke CIA thing? I am anxious. Cisgendered, Cis Latina, Latina, that thing. That thing. Yeah. What you call it? Um, they they had like the multicultural. So it's too woke. They're too woke, so they can't coup anybody anymore. We gotta just rush the zone. Maybe. Maybe. Oh yeah, but definitely something to keep an eye on. No, yeah, Lula. Yeah. I, I know I could... um, they was they were saying that his uh in the polls that Bolsonaro was catching up to him, but you know, and Pol Bolsonaro's asking Biden for help, for advice. Um, yeah. So yeah, this this could have shockwaves. Yeah, I heard yeah, that, I heard Bolsonaro, that Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro has, has been to Hungary. He's sent his son to Hungary all these all these times to like see how they do things because they really have the population under very tight. Brainwashing, brainwashing and uh, and, uh control, control in uh hungary, in, uh, hungary apparently, apparently for the past like decade or so you know it's so, really locked really down locked tight down like there's no uh, there's no, uh like the president, like the president can overrule, overrule any, court any court decision, decision apparently, apparently in hungary that's tucker carlson's favorite guy out there right oh 
The, the, yes, we don't need to remember, don't remember his name. Uh, yeah, uh, I, th- yeah I, have I have high hopes for the pink tide. I think that uh, uh, you pointed you something pointed out something about the local, about the local elites, elites having a certain, having a certain posture. posture, and I think that's, and I think that's very important, important as well. There, you know, I was a little skeptical as Borage guy for a little while, but on Twitter, I just keep seeing all of these people making up lies about like false flag false attacks flag in the attacks south, in the south and, and that oh that the uh, indigenous people, people are rioting and, and killing and farmers and, farmers and, and it, it, it all sounds like south, south africa, africa or something so i'm i'm, I'm just very I'm concerned, just concerned about, about the you know a possibility, you know, a possibility for, for i mean, it, I mean that's, it, what that's what capitalism is it's like a low intensity civil war right at all times right so so like maybe them you know moving the the narco you know forever war from colombia slowly into ecuador That'd be awful. And, you know, it's possible, yeah, you know, it's that, possible they that they could be trying, trying to greenwash some of this legitimate outrage from the from indigenous people and stuff and, and kind of, kind of, you know, some, you know, some foreign, foreign agents are trying to work their work agenda their in. Agenda I think they were, that was a bit of that going on back in when Korea was president in 2012, around then. There's a lot of kind of astroturf resistance to some of his development plans. Yeah, I mean, and Ecuador is the site of uh, Chevron, you know, jailing, um, you know, the lawyer that uh, successfully sued them uh, for their poisoning of the indigenous community. So, um, you know, with the, you know, game of democracy, there's a lot of role, you know, it's a game of accountability. Um, uh, Putin's been using your favorite uh, term of sovereignty lately lately like what is sovereignty and what gives you legitimacy and authority of a state um uh you know we would say in the americas it's democracy um supposedly hopefully um but uh you know it it is concerning what's happening in ecuador um you know if if they start taking a turn towards uh being a lot like of what we just are celebrating colombia hopefully leaving because uh that could that it's kind of how the pink tide started to sour last time, wasn't it? In a, in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, well uh, I guess. Uh, I guess uh, who was the first was one the who first broke one the pink tide? Wasn't it Bolsonaro? Bolsonaro. Yeah. Maybe Peru or Honduras. No, because but yeah, no, Bolsonaro was definitely a big, uh, big domino. But uh... well, there's we don't have to. We we can fish for facts. I think Lula going to jail. Yeah, pink tie. I know that. Yeah, the guy, the previously the president of Ecuador, uh, Rafael Correa, was you know supposedly you know progressive, and I know the end of his you know presidency was very. Tumultuous, and now uh, uh, people don't really like this lasso guy in Ecuador. But um, finally, it's the the indigenous people that have taken to to the capital by truck, by car, on foot. Um, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, the, some of the videos I've seen coming through. Um, we're starting to see curfews and a lot of police resistance. So. Do we want to? Yeah. Do you want to share, some, share of some of those videos? Yeah. Like, let me see if I can find them because I saw them on 
Instagram, but yeah. I can't log in on this thing. Uh, uh, we have a show have a account show Instagram. Account Instagram. If you need to, you need to Instagram, Instagram credentials, credentials, I can, uh, I can uh, DM them DM to you. Them to you. Let's see. Yeah, because I would argue, and I, we should do a, a more in-depth show on this, but it was uh, um, the Odebrecht kind of scandal, like uh, first Lula kind of going to jail and the legitimacy of like these leftist governments breaking, and then the scandal reversing that trend that kind of broke and we... Yes, you got to watch out for these Europeans, Europeans just um, kind of poking around, poking in, around the in the Americas. Uh, uh, I mean, all the descendants are, pi are from pirate are pirates out here. I'm just saying. It's the Wild West. Wild West. Yeah. Wild Wild West. You got it. You got it. Okay. And it's something with the Wild Wild, wild West. Now I'm messing with the Wild Wild West. I wish I knew I all the lyrics to that song. That song. It's a blast from the past, right there. You know, what? sure, but yeah, very, very relevant, relevant still. It's the, the lead, lead, one of the leads, is still in the headlines. Headlines. Was was yeah. it, it was, was Owen Wilson, Wilson in that? In that? Woody, Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. He was not. <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> I'm not just saying any white person. I'm Kevin Klein. Calvin Klein. Nothing, Nothing gets, between gets between me and my Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah. Remember getting those stupid so, sunglasses but... at Burger King? Capitalism. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So they gave so out uh, uh, sunglasses, sunglasses related, related to the movie to the Wild Wild West, Wild West uh, uh, with a Happy yeah, Meal. Yeah. Or, uh, or, uh, what, what, that's wild. The, wild. Whatever the Burger King equivalent was. That's wild. I don't remember wild. to be honest with you, kids meal or whatever. But yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, wild that's indeed. Wild. Sometimes. Kevin Klein. Yeah, wow, like, you, nailed it. you nailed it. Uh, Colombia's. Yeah. This man, so sad. So like, once spent time the, in jail. The most. Yeah, the most left-wing government in the country's history, and everyone's like... This is how... This is well, there was a funny thing on Twitter of the... It was kind of like South America was on a vine, vine and it said, this, and it said, is, how this is how democracy, democracy sours. sours. And it was like a... Like a... <laughs> yeah, the uh, economist. Yeah, economist. You know, which is... I'm sorry, you know, like, I, I know that I gotta stop using Twitter for, like, just trying to, like, zing... That's what it's for. It's for like the Economist, like their their country is a monarchy. So I don't know where they get off, like talking smack about Latin American democracy. It's like what you guys, first of all, are still have a monarchy that you're holding on to. You can't let go. You're addicted to authoritarian. Yes, perhaps yeah, you have to clean, clean up things in England, things in England before, you go, before you go. You know, you know, lecturing yeah, others. Lecturing others. Quite a, quite a, a damn mess. Bit of a, bit of a, Pedophilia issue in that country. That powerful family, yeah. Must up. Pretty must up. I don't even want to go there, but yeah, that's a bit that's a big that's a bad one. Um well if you come across that uh
Frankie, please let us know. I, I wanted to just really quick pivot to the French. Malenchant, say Because he don't. He don't. Yes, yes. But Macron well, lost he's, he's the not... absolute majority, right? Macron. Macron. Yeah. Stephen. Stephen. He keeps ah. he keeps the presidency, but it's going to be like a American style, right? Where bipartisanship or the partisanship, yeah. right? <laughs> Where everyone helps him. Well, yeah, it's a I guess it's a big deal from yep, what I understand because, because it's split, but also because both the far left and far right made historic gains. Huh. Huh. We don't want the far right making that many gains, but it was kind of nice to see the far left uh, gain. So, uh, um. Macron's Central Alliance Ensemble, Ensemble came first in Sunday's second round of legislative elections, securing 245 out of total 577 seats. Left's coalition, the New Ecological and Social People's Unions, a pan-left coalition led by far-left figure Jean-Luc Mélenchon, came in second with 131 seats, according to the Interior Ministry's results. Meanwhile, Marine Le Pen's far-right National Rally Party won a record 89 seats, putting it in third Le Pen. So the, the moderates got the most seats, the center-right moderates. Then we've got the, the far leftists in, in, in their view, and then the far-right. So, right. he, has so like he has like a plurality, like a plurality basically. basically. So, I mean, the leftists yeah, the have like a plurality. Have a plurality. plurality. Situation. Oh, that's cool. Yep, this, this one says, uh, France's new left-wing alliance robbed President Emmanuel Macron of his majority and is set to become the largest opposition force in parliament. Divisions over key issues may complicate keeping a united front. So, seems like they're hoping the left splinters um, so that the moderates don't have to make deals with them. But either way, I think they're just making excuses because you're gonna, probably going to see Macron's moderates make deals with the far right over the left that's kind of been the case here in the united states and uh that's kind of how this you know you know this whole song and dance goes goes. seems to be the trend so far we'll we'll see uh well those french workers might might, you know they might they might throw some throw some monkey wrench in the mix you know you know they they like to get lit lit. uh He's been a pretty formidable leader. You know, he's an AMLO in his own right of building a coalition. Angry leftists. Wow. So that's that France? That's that's a mess. So which so what, what are the colors signifying? signifying? Where uh, is Paris? Paris. In the uh, in the So in Paris is purple. Seems to be like the little weird off-color one. I'm not really sure. Maybe I think I've read, read something that in Paris, Paris this weird liberal, liberal left liberal left kind of green kind party, of green jokers, party jokers, jokers are in charge. Are in charge. Could be. I think we're just giving away how little we, right we have to comment on any of this. But well, we have we have the <laughs> we right have the right we have the right to comment. Perhaps not the authority, but. Um, I think it's exciting because um, yeah, I think a lot of this has to do it's. Uh, with the disenchantment uh, where like the domestic game is going but I don't think that France you know was ready to switch uh, 
goalkeepers in the Fred in the face of Russia's uh being scary and like mm, big mm. and scary. Um but I, I don't know. I I think that this is gonna have ramifications for the whole Brexit dealing making for uh for the EU's uh left overall. And I think that it's an opportunity for like coalitions the coalition making the DSA wants to make to uh fill in the void that centrists have been leaving to the far right. Um and maybe you'll see the pink tide hold with some kind of leftist coalition in Europe, and that'd be a lot more exciting to see. Anyway, that's my hope for all of it. Yeah, to uh, quote the great Jew uh, and Lai, uh, they asked uh, they him, asked oh, what do you think, oh, you of, think the of the French, French Revolution? Revolution? And he says, and he uh, says uh, remains, uh, to, be remains to be seen. <laughs> I think you summed it up pretty well because for a while there it was looking pretty touch and go with uh, Le Pen in the far right there. So, mm -hmm. so Le Pen, so Le Pen is, is, is just, is uh, just uh, like Marjorie, like Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene, basically. basically. Yeah, very. Uh... Well, it's a little bit. I mean, she is from she the hereditary, hereditary aristocracy. aristocracy. Xenophobic and very anti-immigrant. Marjorie Taylor Greene's pretty scary and formidable too, but I don't know. Le Pen's got a oh, like a little spook here. Try to describe what I'm trying to say here. Marjorie Taylor Greene is scary. Le Pen is spooky. I don't know. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's important distinctions to be made. To be made. Uh, uh, I would say formidable is a pretty good word for it. Isn't she the one who expelled her own father from the same party because she thought that he was he, he, she was, he yeah. was a he was going away from the. He was towing the part. He was, was going away from the party He wasn't line. based. He wasn't hardliners. Yeah, yeah, yes. For lack of a better term, yeah, you got to be pretty uh, formidable to uh, to axe your own father from the party leadership. Her father, her father was, the was the Nazi connection. connection right? I mean, yeah, wasn't, I mean her wasn't her father the Nazi, Nazi collaborator, or maybe that was one of her uncles or something? Something. There's a Nazi, there's a Nazi collaboration, collaboration angle, angle with the Le Pen's. I remember reading this. Well, wow. um, that makes sense. Um, like the people that worked with the Nazis, but yeah, 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 I, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's there's, yeah. there's, there's people, there's people. Well, Vichy, the Vichy, Vichy, the Vichy uh, French, uh, French. Yikes. Uh, all right. Well, I thought we could pivot now to uh, what we were gonna mostly talk about, which was labor yes, notes, yes, right, and uh, watch different. Uh, that, we're that we're going to be focusing on the Saturday, Saturday evening, evening around, around uh, the, Amazon the Amazon workers, workers and, uh, and uh, Chris Smalls. Chris Smalls gonna and get a little Bernie going. going. Just, just playing the heads. Playing the heads. We're going to be gonna Soy be Boy reacting. reacting. We're going to be at his neck too, right? Sarah Nelson, Stacey Davis Gates, also there. Um, live. Okay, okay, here we have the, the full live thing. I think we can maybe just... Was it yep, I hear yep, it. I hear the headphones, so we're good to go. Good to go. Yeah. It wasn't resources. Run that. It was us. It was love. It was connections. It was trust. Yes, there's relationships. It was sacrifice. Oh, you got a little so feedback, got a little feedback on somebody. Uh, uh, it's me. It's me. 
sacrifice. So, you know, I, 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 I just want to end off with this. If we don't get it, if we don't get it, This is heartwarming. I was in my cups watching this once last night, and I I got real emotional. One more. I got one more for y'all. One more. I got I gotta do this one. I'm doing this one because this is the largest crowd I've been in in a minute, and I, I I love the energy in here. So, if you've been to my rallies, you know what I'm about to say. Billionaires ain't got to Repeat after me. Billionaires ain't got to go. 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 <laughs> That's the crowd pleaser. A kill Jeff Bezos. We chant sometimes. I love this. I'm having fun. Now, Jeff Bezos said he has three thoughts a day. Guess what? One of them thoughts is us right here. Oh, yeah, that was funny. This Jeff Bezos little self help thing. Now you gotta waste. You gotta waste on those three facades on this union. Chicago, y'all. All right, should I like skip ahead? Yeah, turned out. Now? I know. Right away. Nice. Wow. WrestleMania, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, I really, yeah. I mean, I really, I mean, I really like Bernie's really speech too, because I felt like he highlighted a lot of the, the more almost like kind of Mark. He's doing like kind of Marxist thing. Talking about, Talking about um, um this, corporation this corporation owns that owns corporation, that corporation and, these, and these you know, it's, I mean I think that's the important discourse to have at these things. People rightly criticize American labor as being beholden to American corporations and their extractivist practices okay. for the you company and the workers. Race. But well, let's hear it from Bernie. And there are a lot of you. And together, you're going to transform. Good old, old grandpa. We love him. We love him. 
Let me begin by thanking. We know he won't be around forever, but we appreciate him while he's here. Chris and Sean and Sarah and everybody else. Let me thank. We don't know all of you for being here. Because I know that many of you are in the forefront of the grassroots activism that we need to transform this country. So thank you for what you're doing. And let me thank Ravenotes, who year after year have been standing up for working families from one end of this country to the other. Labor notes, thank you. Hello, and Mike's uh, kind of wandering, wandering off on him. On him. Wobbly. What I want to do is to give you a brief look at where I think we are today. The bad news is, and it's something that you are all familiar with, and that is that today our economic and political system is working great if you are a billionaire. It's not working so great if you are working for a living. In fact, many of our working people are falling further and further behind. Today, we have in our nation, and what I'm telling you is you know, but many Americans don't know because the corporate media ain't telling them for obvious reasons. But you know that we have more income and wealth inequality today than at any time in the history of our country. We have more concentration of ownership than at any time in the history of our country. We have more corporate greed than at any time in the history of our country. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I, this is like, I was calling, what, what's the deal with this mic, man? It's dominated by super PACs. And the That's cool. That's what you gotta do for you know grandpa sometimes. You gotta help him out. Hold something for him. You know, hold the lamp. Shine it on whatever he's working on. You're not allowed to touch all the tools or whatever, but you can hold the lamp. The economic, political reality of our time. Yeah, yeah. And that is the reality which, for the sake of working families across this country and for future generations, together. We must and will. Yeah, this is what yeah, I thought. Yeah, this was kind of the Marxist stuff, stuff we just talking about. Like, there's more like, concentration, there's more concentration of, ownership, of ownership, you know? They, they... Now, CBS and NBC and the New York Times and Fox aren't going to tell you about corporate greed, so let me do it for them. Nice. Wow. Damn. Call them out. Oh this, oh, this is intimidating of the media, of the Jose. Media, Jose. This is the slippery this slope, the slope slippery to despotism. Slope to despotism. He's, a, he's attacking he's journalists. Attacking yeah. journalists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like yeah, AMLO. Just like AMLO. That's right. I responded right to the free flow of information. In the bottom 42% of our population. 
Corporate greed is when 1% own more wealth than the bottom 92%. And I'll really tell you what corporate greed is about. We are going through a terrible, terrible pandemic. We all know that. It has taken over a million lives in our country. So many people have become sick, have long COVID, etc. And during this period, when working people went out to work to keep the economy going, when 5,000 nurses died taking care of us. That's, yeah, this, yeah, this part, yeah, hell yeah. Grocery store workers and bus drivers and people in warehouses and people in factories died Some real to shame, keep man. the economy going. 700 billionaires increased their wealth during the pandemic by $2 trillion. That's corporate greed. That's a, yeah, it's a big, he's turning red and stuff, yeah, but it's, it's a good reason. Some teachers, all the teachers that died in the pandemic, the billionaires to make money. times what their workers are making. Corporate greed is about during the terrible war in Ukraine, during the breakdown of supply chains, large corporation after large corporation has been raising prices substantially. Hell yeah. yeah. Call out Joe Brandon. No thanks, no Joe, thanks Brandon. Joe Brandon. Corporate greed is about a rigged and corrupt tax system in which in a given year, billionaires do not pay a nickel in federal income tax. How that word nickel fit into the lexicon? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's from maybe it's maybe like 20 bucks now. They don't have to pay $20 to... When we talk about concentration of ownership, I want all of yeah, you... Yeah, got five on it. They ain't got five on it. The billionaires ain't got five on it. They don't even have five on it. Wall Street, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street that control assets of over 20... That's real, though, because that's like... Iron D. Trot is probably in there. ...of the United States of America. Yeah. Material reality, Three, you got to take over right Wall there. 20 trillion, yeah. You yeah. thought a billion was a lot, right? Now. Hundreds, nah, you got to be talking about trillions before. Real money, real money. And around the world. That's right. Part of it. And when we talk about... That, is pretty, that really is something to marvel upon, though, which is... Companies, three, companies three companies control the whole GDP of the US. Like every, every everything, you, everything buy. you buy. Prescription drugs, their doctors prescribe. It's all being funneled to the same and places. Let me give you an example. I mean, it is so out of And they do all this quantitative easing stuff. Literally, it's hard to believe. Give you an example. The CEO of Moderna recently received Got this a nine hundred and twenty-six million dollar golden parachute. Fuck that. Got a parachute. Now can you believe it? We are fighting and struggling to make sure that our people are vaccinated in this country and around the world. Federal government puts two and a half billion dollars into Moderna to develop a 
vaccine, and this guy walks away above and beyond his other stock with over $900 million in golden. But well, that's like so if that's he like gets fired, he, he only he only gets that money. It's like a billion dollars. That is how, <laughs> so how I just go get fired right away. Right away. <laughs> just live off the billion. On site. hundred million short of a billion. I mean, like, I mean, pushing like, people, push hey, people, hey, hey, doing something, hey. I'm out of here. Out of here. Many, many strikes around this country. Yeah. We stood with the UAW, who went on, who went on strike in Iowa, Illinois, and Kansas. We stood with the United Steel Workers who went on strike at Special Metals in West Virginia. Yeah. We stood with bakery workers, bakery workers who went on strike at Kellogg's and Nabisco. Uh Every rally needs a hype man. And we stood with UFCW, who did a tremendous job taking on Kroger grocery stores in Colorado. That's pretty that's cool that they strike cool. Kroger because that's a really bad really place bad to work. Place I've heard it's really very, very exploitative. Like all the problems of a small business and a, and a big corporation. Were provoked by corporations owned by large conglomerates who are making huge profits. This is not a moment when a company goes to Sean and say, look, you know, we're falling apart. Our revenue is down. We need to put that at the these are companies today that are making huge profits. Huge. And if they go, huge. That's the word. Huge. That's great. I love it. I love Bernie Sanders. Not coincidental. And then, then they go to their workers and they say, we want you to take mega raises and we want to make massive cuts your healthcare benefits sweatshops they want sweatshops everywhere across the world just just today sweatshop that's the kind of shit they, they do in hungary though like they brainwash all, all the workers that like uh you can't like criticize your boss and you have to get to get special benefits from your church like you can only get social services from the church most of the people aren't religious only the the elites are involved in the church which in turn is owned by the Agnelli family in Italy worth some 19 billion dollars Wow. The own Juventus with the most successful soccer team in Italy, too. About, when we talk about corporate greed. I think, I think um, they were the villains in Saint Le Pen, the Netflix series. Demanding massive cutbacks in healthcare, uh -huh. including a $13,000 for family healthcare. which is basically meaning no health care at all. Now, the wealth 
and the power and the greed of the corporate elite is the bad news. But here is some very good news. And I know that it is news that you have been hearing all day. And that is what we are seeing in a way that we have not seen for many years is not only workers standing up and fighting back by going on strike, but a level of organizing effort that we have not seen for a long huge, time. Huge, huge organizing effort. effort. We are seeing workers taking on billionaires and telling them they ain't going to get away with their greed anymore. And that's the case at Amazon. Chris and his allies are taking on the second wealthiest guy. And the folks at Starbucks are taking on another billionaire, Howard Schultz. He's trying to play hardball now. But I want you to know it's not just blue-collar workers, it's white-collar workers as well. We're seeing people organize the adjunct faculty at MIT. Hey. Yeah, he has. about the graduate workers at USC and our strike burning? Resident doctors. Young Young doctors, often with enormous student debt, have voted overwhelmingly to form unions because they don't want to work 80 hours a week for 60000 a year. Furthermore, maybe most importantly, you know, I know that the corporate media uh, yeah, yeah, he had a couple yeah, of those. Politicians oh. say that those of us in this room are radical. Yeah. We are unrealistic. Vermont. Wow. The Brooklyn is Brooklyn. Bernie's Brooklyn. Many senses. They are the people who are extreme, Ooh. not us. Wow. Yeah, they worship yeah, death. death. They worship not death. That's why they're doing all this doing weird, all this shit, weird in shit in Ukraine. Ukraine. So I want you to know. I want you to know. The dun their dungeons. After poll shows that on every major issue that we are fighting for, the American people, in some cases, overwhelmingly are with us and our agenda. Heck yeah. The American people understand that health care is a human right. They want Medicare for all. The American people want us to take on pharma and cut prescription drug prices in half. The American people are demanding that Congress act to make sure the wealthiest people in this country stop paying their fair share of taxes. They want us to address the crisis in childcare and in pre-K. They want to build the millions yeah, of buddy. affordable housing we desperately need. 
Whoa. Working on that in Hilson, Chicago. On 18th and Peoria. And universities tuition free. They want us to raise the minimum wage to a living wage. Yeah, Bernie, yeah, yeah. Whoa. And they want us to create millions of jobs transforming our energy system away from fossil fuel and help he's really leaving it all on the field though because how old is bernie is he in his 80s i believe so not yet no i think it's 70 79 he's a year older than biden of the eight they want a government that represents everybody says he's born in 1941 so, yeah, like 79. Okay, okay. The last point that I want to make is that... But that's, but that's, that's wild. Uh, for us... Because, like, if you like think if you about, think about, about with some of these some corporate, corporate dams, dams, you know, they're showing they're up showing to the, up wine, the cellar. wine cellar. They're like, they're like, hi, hi they go, uh, Jaguars, this is going to be the best prom ever. And then, and then it's, it's you know this you know, kind of held, held back, back to their, their uh, Mercedes, Mercedes or whatever. Or Bernie's out here, you know, the fire of a, of a union man, man, you know. Well, the quote unquote crime. Hell yeah, yeah. legalize yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing I'm that doing crime that right crime now, right Bernie. We will legalize it. Yes. Hell yes. We'll legalize it. But. But, and this is what I mean about our current culture. Smoking marijuana, number of states today, is illegal. But I'll tell you what's not illegal. It is not illegal for the heads of major oil and coal companies who knew 40 years ago was helping to this destroy... One, this one, I saw it face for real. For real. Who lied about the reality of climate change? That's right. It is not illegal for the heads of drug companies to raise prices. Yes, yes. The people cannot afford the medicine they desperately need, and some of them die. That's not illegal. I'll say, hell yeah, I love weed. Although I hate those corporations and billionaires. And the estimate is that 338,000 people died during the pandemic unnecessarily because we do not have better care for all. Man, Over 300,000 people, but it is not criminal. For those, For those people, people to, spend to spend huge amounts of money, continuing, continuing the corrupt and dysfunctional healthcare system that we have. The brothers and sisters, we are in truly a pivotal moment in American history. And our job, our job is to bring the working class together <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, Marxist the Marxist idea. idea. Yeah, yeah. Black yeah. and white, 
Asian American, Native American, gay and straight. Our job is to bring our people together. around an agenda that says we are going to put an end to this outrageous level of corporate greed. And in fact, we are going to provide the working families with the respect, the dignity, and the security that they deserve. Thank you all very much. That was fucking barn burner. There's Bernie doing Biden's job yet again. The bully the pulpit. pulpit. He brought, he the, brought bully the bully pulpit, pulpit, pulpit with him with from him 2016. 2016. <laughs> yep, Stacy. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Um, I thought that was damn fire. So I face for real for Bernie. For Bernie. It is a very uh, pivotal time. He, he's <laughs> right about that because as we have, you know, Halo uniforming, um, I guess just today, uh, the first Apple store in the U.S. is voted to unionize in Maryland. Mm -hmm. um, also mm -hmm. of note was that several black employees who decided to unionize said that, unionize said that they were told by Apple execs that they shouldn't join a union because unions historically don't allow black people to join. Wow. Wow. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I mean, if we're being completely honest, there were points in, in the history of unions where that yeah, is very but the, true. But the, just another, uh, I mean, the fucked I mean, up, another tool used to divide the masses. I mean, it's like, yes, yeah, so there, yeah, there's so definitely criticisms to be made of, made of like the, the racist, racist, usually the business the unions were often more racist, more racist the radical the unions were often more inclusive. More inclusive. But, but telling someone, telling someone oh, oh, you're not you're allowed, not to, allowed join, to join, to trick to them, them is kind of just being racist yourself, right? Like being like, oh yeah, you probably couldn't even join. Sorry, sorry. Like... Like definitely, definitely could, yeah, you, nowadays, could nowadays you could join. It's, it's a very, very like condescending, condescending lie, to lie to tell. That's pretty major, though. We're talking about yeah, Jeff Bezos, the was it second richest man in the world, uh, Apple, mm -hmm. um, Starbucks. It's uh, pivotal. This is a pivotal time for organizing. Uh, uh, I th yeah, I think I the think Amazon, Amazon one was huge. I think the Starbucks one was huge. I think that, like, like, yeah. they're, they're like, I mean, like, Jose, I mean, you, uh, you uh, maybe you could maybe expand upon it. I don't know if you ever worked at Starbucks. Work Starbucks. I worked at Amazon, Amazon briefly, briefly as a picker. As a picker. And when and we get when into we them get talking into about how picking is the worst job, I was like, yes. But with the, I worked at Starbucks. Yeah, the Starbucks thing, they're almost like controlling the public square, you know? In a way, in like a if way, the unions yeah. become, become, yeah, maybe some, yeah, maybe some, some, all speech, some all speech, Jose, about, Jose, about, you know, you know, what, what does it mean to work at Starbucks, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I think that, like, you're, you're sharing on, like, Amazon labor right now. I think also two uh, unions that are catching everyone's attention because they're successful NLRB um, elections that are happening. Um, you know, I think Amazon uh, and Amazon labor is also a segue into the Teamsters. I also think that's why we saw this big 
um, shakeup at Teamster City in Chicago um, last week was because of Amazon. Um, but I think that, so I think Amazon is uh, bringing like 21st century, like our generation into the labor movement, into uh, the labor uh, like, like nexus, uh, inflection point between the conservative cultural uh, um, aspects that we see in, in established labor in America, like around the fossil fuel industry, around trucking, around the military industrial complex. Um, but uh, now, you know, what we had hoped, you know, uh, you know, back in 2017, where the Teamsters weren't too keen on us, um, is happening now, where, like, the leftist movement is influencing the union movement a lot more than the union movement influencing social movements in America. And, you know, I think that uh, Starbucks, for me, is, is the strength of the social movements, um, kind of, like, indicating that they're not just here to be, like, tokens or, or like uh or mascots like that there's real strength in the starbucks union happening across the country across cities across the states building uh community ties uh across the country you know in a way that's not even political uh starbucks is like a whole idea of third place is uh you know in, in some ways starbucks is almost trying to like privatize uh, the you know a a a town library, a community center, you know it's the place where you're welcome to just hang out. Um, and these and conservatives, conservatives come into come Starbucks, Starbucks and they say, and they like, say oh, like, oh, can oh, you can write you, write uh uh, uh there's uh, two there's genders, two genders on, my on my mug. Can you write can you Trump, write Trump on, my on my mug? My name is Trump. You know these conservative, conservative grifters have this thing where they want to go up to Starbucks and make the barista do something. And I've done that. There's something There's there. Something there. Good I, I wish people a merry, a merry, happy Christian Christmas and Starbucks for before I've done that. I've done that. Yeah. No shame. Thanks for Thanks saying, for merry, saying Christmas. merry Christmas. I'm glad that, I'm glad that they, they haven't gotten, gotten to you. you. Christian Christmas. Uh, they're Wiccan, they're Wiccan uh, uh, made coffee. Me say, coffee. Made me say. Mary, they made you say Merry Christian Christmas. Yeah. No, uh, which I, I did have some crazy customers that are pretty upset about some of our like secular aspects of Starbucks. The war, war on Christianity. War on Christianity. Yeah. Well, I believed, well, I believed it because it's, because you know, it's, you know, outside, outside of the realm of possibility. possibility. And, you know, and, I think you know, there's I think a thing, thing like a lot like of millennials, millennials, I remember, I remember they, they did this, they did at, this at, Amazon. at Amazon. They had this they attitude, had this like, this is not this a, a job. This is like a chill place to hang out. It's like a cool, it's like a cool uh, factory, factory where everybody's, where everybody's uh, uh, friends, friends and just lifting boxes for fun. Yeah, but it's yeah, like but good exercise, like you know. You know, like they had this they attitude, attitude there, like you're not really, you're not uh, really uh, working. working. We're actually We're helping actually you out by letting you letting come, come and be a part of this family or whatever. And oh yeah, go up a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, go up a little yeah, bit. Little bit. Uh, this, uh, this, this uh, woman uh, gave a really, gave really uh, uh, moving speech, moving speech uh, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in in the in Amazon, the Amazon um, workers, workers interviews. interviews. It was, it was, it was, pretty, it was cool. pretty cool. Uh, I would uh, check it out. Check the, out. The, the, the Chicago, Chicago Amazon, Amazon Union is not, is not actually seeking recognition. recognition. Very interestingly, Very this guy this was guy the bald head. Uh, the white uh, the white guy with white the, guy the Hispanic, the Hispanic or, or, or I don't know Middle Eastern. Eastern I don't know. Eastern, I think he's Hispanic. Hispanic. The Hispanic guy with the bald head. Yes. 
Just trying to just point trying out, to point out get, that also that black also man with bald, bald head here didn't want to, you know, I can, you know, I, I, see race, I see race, not colorblind, you know. You know. Guy is, uh, uh, I couldn't yeah, tell I from looking at him looking whether, at him, he's, whether he's, you know, from, you know, from you know, Syria, you know, Syria or, or something, but something, his but name is Zamaron, Chris Zamaron. Very inspiring speech that they've just been, uh, Doing direct doing actions, direct basically, actions basically, collectively, and not and seeking, not seeking the, the recognition. recognition. Okay, so how is that going to work out, though? They don't seek recognition. How are they going to be able? I mean, would they still be able to be? Uh, I guess they're, oh, just, I guess to they're just defending, defending themselves, on themselves on the on the blind. On the blind you, know? you know, they said that they, they, said uh, that they uh, Amazon tried Amazon to shuffle tried them all around. They tried to identify the union activists and shuffle them to different facilities, and they just multiplied or whatever, basically. Mm-hmm. Interesting. New wave of organizing. Uh, making history, create a new blueprint for a new wave of organizing. Our team shared your story so we can visualize our own journey for victory. Yes, this, yes, this, uh, this uh, person, this person uh, uh, was, was at the JFK facility that won, that won their election. Their election. That, uh, that uh, Chris Smalls uh, popped that bottle, that bottle of champagne, champagne about. about. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that this uh, labor notes is an important, I think, was a real important aspect. Um, it kind of ties into the pink tie that's happening in Latin America because, um, you know, as was mentioned, I think one of the, I think Bernie mentioned the supply chain mm -hmm. because of the Ukraine war breaking down. Um, you know, I think that Americans are finding their place in the whole global ecosystem finally after trying to run away for to Mars like forever. And labor is there is like kind of like the the logical you know segue for the left to to have those conversations about production and and society and life. Um, but I think there's criticisms, you know, like as I said before that a lot of the labor uh, American left is already co-opted by corporate America and that they get out muscled and out by capital. Um, at this point, you know, like labor is uniting, you know, out of necessity. Um, but still like, you know, with, with the Teamsters one point, like something million drivers now working with, uh, you know, uh, hopefully a wave of baristas and warehouse workers. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's an exciting time for you know, the American la American label to resurface in a blueprint that we've seen in Latin America in a way that I think will have major ramifications for this own hemisphere. But that's that's well, me thinking a little too. Big. I think. I mean, anyway, I think that the Amazon workers they could fix the supply chain in an emergency where there's no baby formula. They could seize the Amazon tools of supply chain and apply them to deliver this baby formula that's presumably just rotting away in warehouse. So I think it's huge. I don't think that that. That it's anything to be minimized. I think it should be maximized. No, I agree, and uh, I think it's uh, 
significant, right? That we're seeing um, so much activity as far as, you know, unions um, and union membership. Because um, for, you know, a long time, especially since Ronald Reagan, um, a lot of power was taken away from the unions. And like we were talking about before, maybe not to the extent of telling someone that they're going to be discouraged and rejected for being black, but um, there was definitely, even a lot of people that I speak to today, they're like, oh yeah, no, you know how it goes. The old, uh, we're a family, we don't need a union, right? We can talk directly, we can work this out, right? And there's been a lot of that. So um, again, it's not coincidental that in the past when unions were bigger and more powerful, um, you know, the workers had is when we saw, you know, pro progress as, as far as uh, for the working class. But hopefully, again, it's a it's a wave. Hopefully, we can maintain and build, continue to organize. Do you want Do you want to check out check some out of the workers, some of the workers talking? talking? I think I just think maybe just like, maybe uh, like uh, we're at uh, one hour five, five minutes. So if we get, so if we get you know do half you know, an hour of that, then that's pretty good. Odd, I'd say. Yeah, that we could close out with. You want to? Um, do you have a panel or a link that I can? Um, it's it's on the it's labor notes Facebook, Facebook page. Back, page. Back, you just kind of scroll, scroll up. up. Uh, it's the event it's the right event after right the one, after we, just the one we just watched. Okay. Well, that was that was on their Twitter. So let me let me check out Facebook. Oh, you found them. It's probably also on their Twitter. I mean, if you want to go, it's it's probably just the next link. Link. After that one, that one, the next video, the next if video you go over to Labor Notes' Twitter. Uh, I, well, I got that off of the Bernie Sanders' uh, Twitter. Um, let me check out the Labor Notes account, though. See if they have it. Grimkin. Uh, Labor Notes. Do, 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 do. 1979. New York Guild, 7,000 workers. Wow, 160 new outlets offices. Wait, was this a panel? My bad. Not There's the been an advertisement. advertisement. This. Uh, yeah, uh, check, yeah that check. That says Sunday, says Sunday main. So, so that's not so the uh, Amazon, Amazon workers. workers uh, uh, maybe go maybe a little go further, a little down, further down, down. And it'll correspond, it'll correspond to, moving to moving backwards, backwards in time. In time. All right. Okay, Bernie. This is what we saw. Labor. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you're, yeah, gonna, you're gonna maybe, maybe just go, maybe to, the just Facebook. go to the Facebook. Uh, uh. Oh, it's the mic guy. Mic guy. The guy who held the mic while Bernie was speaking. <laughs> oh, he changed. Oh, he made his Twitter made his name Mike guy. guy. That's funny. That's funny. That is funny. Cool. Having a good Having time a good on time the interwebs. Good times. Don't keep it, Don't silly, keep it silly, even when you're no part of a social struggle. struggle. 
Toby Cope. Yeah. Opium. Um, not seeing the panel just yet. Uh, I think you need to head over to facebook.com slash Leibrons, possibly. Unless that's it right there. Because Great Lakes Arts Exchange. Oh, yeah, it's going to be right. Keep going down, and it's going to be the next event before that. This was like, it was actually pretty heartwarming. It was like an open mic of all the union organizers. It was pretty. All right. This is from June eighteenth. Well, when was the panel? Was it uh, last week? Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday so it's so June eighteenth and Saturday. Okay. This is it. This area. Oh wait a minute. This rank, here, rank yep. and file. There we go. Rank and file. Amazon. Work yep. Through. You just gotta yeah, skip just ahead because it's gonna be like five, like five minutes five of minutes um, uh, warm up. Warm up. Time. Time. Uh, let, uh, let me let just. I'll be right back. Just one sec. Union of Amazon workers that has been in different states who are trying to Amazon workers in motion. We're going to hear from different groups uh, of Amazon workers in different states who are trying to take on the corporate giant. We're all excited about this organizing, and we're going to hear from them about what's been working, what hasn't, what kind of campaigns they're launching. Um, we lost Frankie. Lost Frankie. Can be um, supportive through their fight. So. Hi, my He's, name is Did you see we lost Frankie? Oh, here he is. He's back. He's back. For the yeah. Also, former staff of Labor Notes. I'll go ahead and introduce. There he is. So we have Ryan Brown, who's the president of Carolina Amazonians United for Solidarity and Empowerment. He's based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Cause, cause is a worker-led movement that is committed to defending, or excuse me, yeah, defending Amazon workers' rights and organizing Amazonians for social and economic justice in the Carolinas and in our communities, engagement, education, and empowerment. They've been inspired by the Amazon Labor Union, Amazonians United, and RWDSU Cause. Founding members created their own grassroots union and set off a campaign to organize in a bunch of places, <laughs> Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome, Ryan. Angelica Maldonado is a 27-year-old from New York who works at the JFK 8 Amazon facility on Staten Island. They currently serve as the interim vice president of the Amazon Labor Union, which she joined in October 2021. She's a mom to an amazing four-year-old and a mom and a daughter to a warehouse of 8,000 workers. Welcome, Angelica. Next, we have, we have Zama, Zama, who's a Chicano, Chicano from rural Illinois and a co-founder of Amazonians United. United. 
the self-organized union of Amazon workers that has been fighting and winning concessions from Amazon through collective action in the workplace since 2019. And finally, we have Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah is a shift off worker at the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Bessemer. Alabama. Alabama. They're, a, They're a member of the Bamazon Organizing Committee and has been working at Amazon for two years. In addition to being a student at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, majoring in criminal justice, Isaiah has been a part of the organizing workplace actions on the shop floor, such as formulating petitions on major issues that people care about and wanted to be agitated around, as well as organizing a march on, onto human resources for the reinstatement of one of their That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But they did like a march inside the warehouse. That's, 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 that's something to see. So we all want to see wins at Amazon, but I'm sure not more than the people who work at Amazon themselves. So let's talk strategy. What is your strategy and how do you see it uh, building shop floor power? We'll start with you. Right. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, can y'all hear me? Right. Good. Uh, so my name is Sama. I've been working at Amazon uh, in Chicago at a delivery station. 2017, uh, I'm about to hit my uh, five-year mark. <laughs> Half a decade um, uh, working uh, working at that place um, has definitely taken a bit of a toll on my knees and body. Oh, Jose, can you pause it real quick? Uh, can you pause it one second? One second. Uh, and necessary. Uh, so I guess the question is... Is, this, is, is it playing is on your playing laptop on your speakers laptop or something? Or something? Oh, okay, because oh, your, your sound is making a sound on your mic whenever the... Uh, the sound is sound playing. It's making like an echo. Voice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Has it been sounding like that? For you guys, you guys hear it twice over? Because it goes just goes into my microphone. I mean, my headphones. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know how it's how, how it's happening. How it's happening. Uh, uh, we can uh, maybe, maybe it's. Uh, 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 I can try muting myself. See if that helps. Okay, sure. Okay, yeah, might sure. yeah, might work. And then unmute when you want to make some witty comments. What is our strategy? Our strategy. Yeah, 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 I think it's yeah, better. Think it's yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can't hear, well, you it, can't at hear it at all now. Yeah, no, we can't hear it. Uh, all of those who are alive. Now you're good. Now you're good. Uh, this includes uh, the shift assistants, um, the ambassadors. Uh, and any snitches or rats? All right, uh, they're just gonna have to get used to the avant-garde. Avant um, you know, snitches or rats? It's basically like he's from Chicago for sure. Rural Illinois. I didn't realize that the first time. He said he's from rural Illinois. Amazon, and that's how it is that we begin building some real working-class power. And I think we also have to talk about like the broader context, which informs strategy because it's not just about building a union at amazon that will increase our wages by a bit um that will get us uh, some slightly better benefits um you know that kind of thing um i think it's within a context of uh the fascists are coming and they're rising up our uh, our environment is collapsing we're in the middle of the sixth mass extinction. It's uh, it's heavy times. Um, these are times of war. 
and we need to act like it as a working class because war is being inflicted upon us. We are being attacked. Our communities are being attacked. Our people around us are dying. Uh, and we need to act like it uh, because the capitalists, the rich, are profiting off of our suffering and off of our misery. And so this being a time of, of war, um, I think it basically means that reform is not enough. No, it's, it's not about making capitalism a little bit better. It's about overthrowing capitalism. And I think, I think then we have, then we have to ask the question of how is it that we as workers can organize ourselves to overthrow capitalism? Because capitali we are, we are the, the class, uh, we are the class uh, in society, in capitalist society, that has the historic responsibility to overthrow and destroy capitalism and create a new society that um, is radically different. No, uh, where there are no longer classes, where there's the, the, the things that we produce are owned by us, where we distribute, where we determine what it is that we need. And when I say we, I don't mean just us in the United States that have been hoarding all the resources, bringing everything in from all the other countries abroad uh, so that we can live a little bit more comfy. I'm talking about us as, as, a, as, a, as a people in this world. International. Uh, I think the question is, how is it, how that, is it that we build our working class organizations to uh, basically further our uh, revolutionary uh, potential? And so for us uh, at Amazon, um, Amazonians United, that means that we have to avoid uh, traps. We have to avoid pitfalls. One of uh, those traps is, of course, reformism. Uh, and uh, included within reformism um, are business unions. Business unions, uh, this is the majority of unions in the United States uh, under the AFL-CIO change to win. Basically, most of the unions in the United States are business unions. They're class collaborationist entities. Um, they distract us from uh, the fight that we have to wage against, uh, against the capitalists. And um, the state has also positioned itself, passed laws that kind of like misguide, misdirect our energy as a working class uh, into these uh, business unions and into uh, friendly relations or at least some sort of peace between workers and bosses. And I think that we need to actively avoid those traps and fight them. Uh, and so uh, how it is that we do it at Amazon is by building this working class organization shop by shop. Uh, we are here in Chicago. We began in Chicago. We're going to continue growing in Chicago uh, to the point where we'll be able to uh, strike effectively all the delivery stations uh, in the city um, and stop uh, the distribution of goods. Uh, and then that is how we will actually have any sort of real bargaining power um, through, through which uh, we can uh, win whatever it is that we need to win. Um, and uh, we build out from Fucking there. A right. Fucking A right. Yo, what's up, guys? Um, I have to stand up. My back is hurt. Uh, you want, you want you to pause that real, real quick? And when you work there long enough, 
you have that. Oh yeah, I like so, this yeah, guy I like too. Guy I like everybody, everybody, but that, that, that was just that was just quite quite rousing. Rousing. You know? You know? I, I feel like I, he I is. Like he uh, reads uh, Lenin or something like that. He has to say he's read the theory. Yeah, um, like, I mean, flat out call it the existential problems that all of us are facing, barreling down at us, using this position as an Amazon organizer, challenge the, you know, capitalist uh, supply system. I mean, like, I'm glad to see the Chicago Chicano speak up about a real cohesive plan. Um, so that's exciting. Mm. Are we, do you think that that is... Uh, Hannibal, though, like to say that you're going to strike ahead of time. Uh, well, we do. Well, we do. We're union. We're union. <laughs> and we said and we're, we're not going to strike. Gonna strike. I mean, <laughs> we'd be lying. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this, so um, this, um, this guy, this Chris Samaron, uh, yeah, he's got uh, the yeah, theory. He's got the practice. You know, he's firing on all cylinders. Uh, it was very it was interesting, interesting to, to hear, hear this, uh, this, uh, this idea this that, idea, yeah, we are, yeah, like, we are there's like, an apocalyptic pressure weighing down on us, you know, and if we don't, we don't engage now, now, you know, it is, you know, it, it is, is more it than is just more like, than just uh, like, uh, business unionism, you know, business as is or whatever, you know. Yeah, that even stating the urgency. Urgency. Yeah, you can call them class collaborators. I thought that was pretty indicative of like labor, you know, American labor being a lot sharper about, you know, what they're trying to build out over what, you know, they're being accused of being part of. 100%. Um, yeah. I think we're ready for Reverend Brown. Let's do it. Let's do Reverend it. Brown, the Carolina Amazonians United for Solidarity and Empowerment. We were birthed. Uh, out of the racism, discrimination, sexism, and all of the isms that we witness each and every single day at work. And so uh, we came together as a group, said that something had to change. We have um, been studying and been in conversation with ALU brothers and sisters from Bessemer, our Amazonian United friends. And so what we've done for, um, have to put it in our context. Um, so our strategic plan is that we have a three-part plan. The very first thing that we're doing is that we launch a petition. That's where we got from these brothers and sisters, AU. It is strategic because it creates a conversation. It makes us relevant. It allows us to engage in conversation with our coworkers. Also, it's strategic because it shows us our weaknesses and it shows us our strengths. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. When our brothers and sisters in uh, New York won the historic um, election, we said that we can't uh, hide in the shadows anymore. We're coming out public, and we're going to ride this humongous wave that's coming from New York. Now, when we've done that, uh, we put a QR code um, where individuals could scan uh, to get in contact with us. But we, we found a weakness real quick. But the weakness was we didn't have the manpower. 
He had over 700 people in a matter of uh, two weeks just to respond. And as of uh, last week, we just completed that list. And so we had to stop operations for a moment. So the next step is not just the, uh, so it shows us our, our weaknesses, it shows us our strengths, but um, that's the, the first step is the petition. Now, when we move out of this petition, we're gonna move into collecting signatures uh, for an election. And uh, when we uh, finish that, uh, we plan on making history in North Carolina uh, by uh, becoming um, the first Amazon warehouse in North Carolina uh, to vote for um, a union. Hi, everyone. Um, Celica Maldonado. I'm pretty much a nervous wreck, but... <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah so, so I, I helped organize the warehouse in Staten Island, New York, JFK 8. Oh, did you want to, did you want to respond to this, this guy, this guy uh, uh, the Reverend? The Reverend. Yeah, uh, well, uh, just that, you know, pretty clear plan, petition, then election signatures. Then pretty election. insightful to the, uh, the, the due process of it all, right? The, the nuts and bolts. Yeah, and just yeah, real, yeah, seems like very, like very honest, 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 open, open book person, person, you know, like he's talking about, about the struggles they had, they had that, but they got, they got a, this, uh, all this, all this interest suddenly, suddenly from the media, media, and they weren't they ready yet to, to reach out to everybody, you know, I imagine, man, we've all been there, whether it's, uh, whatever organization for stuff, and, you know, yeah, you feel that, that, that pressure, pressure, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, when the pushback comes from your own co-workers, who you're trying to organize, who you're doing all this for. You know, that's what makes union organizing so difficult. Um, I think the Chicago guy has a very militant strategy, and I think that's also why they're not bothering with because that's that's not their strategy. Their strategy is to have enough control over the actual logistics to to force the recognition by by their actions. Um, you know, North Carolina, they need the buy-in. From, from their coworkers, and that's like where we saw the Alabama go wrong. I, you know, I'm excited to hear a little bit about that. But oh yeah, he oh, had yeah, a he lot had of a interesting, interesting the, the, the Alabama because also this, this North, Carolina North Carolina hasn't, hasn't had their election had their yet. Election yet. Uh, I, guess uh, I guess Chicago, Chicago doesn't, doesn't want an election. election. JFK, JFK eight. This one's this story, was, story fascinating. was fascinating. This was actually this was actually uh, uh, almost uh, one of the more uh, moving, moving stories. stories just everything just everything she's talking about. But JFK, but JFK won their election. election. Bessemer, Bessemer had their election, had their election but lost it. But he, but he talks a lot about tactics. About he said they did a march to get their worker reinstated. I think the Chicago guy did a march too in the in the warehouse. But, uh, but uh, yeah, let's yeah, hear. Let's, let's hear, hear let's from hear him. Let's just, let's just get to yeah, it. Yeah. Keep going. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, that actually makes me pretty off. emotional because um. I first started in um, 2021, October. Um, movement, the ALU movement was already already um, 
far beyond where um, they accomplished a lot before I joined. And so um, when I first started joining, we were um, still collecting signatures. And um, that's where I, I got my start. I started collecting signatures. I started um, speaking to our coworkers, um, using pamphlets, um, using the minimal knowledge that I had because before this, I knew nothing about the labor movement in general. Um, and that's being me being transparent. Um, I came from a mom who, she was a part of 1199. So I did have a union in my household. I knew how it benefited households, but I never knew how these unions actually got started. And so um, when I was approached by um, our vice president, one of our vice presidents at, presidents at the time, Connor Spence, up to me, I had just missed the bus, and he was telling me, hey, we're starting the union, I work at Amazon. And um, I remember when I first started there in 2018, Amazon had promised us shuttle buses. Um, Staten Island, New York, it's one of our five boroughs in New York. And saying that, a lot of our coworkers come from different boroughs. So you have coworkers that come from Queens, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan. And so they take, the, they take the ferry to get to the warehouse or they drive all the way to the warehouse. And so one of the things Amazon promised us was shuttle buses and years later we never got one. So the day I had missed that bus and Connor came up to me and I'm like, hell yeah, I want, I want a, a union. How, I, <laughs> That's real, real. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had I had to, to pay. pay. I'm like, beyond beyond that simple promise of a shuttle buzz i had, I had to pay like a day out of the one day out of the week was how much i paid to get to work when i when i worked at amazon and have a car a week for me and my son um with a horrible payment co-payment and things like that and and it's hard to keep up with as a single mom with those kind of payments um and i can only imagine what mothers who have more kids have to have to pay and deal with so um yeah i got i got started and, um, you know, now that we have won our victory, and then I, I always hear the word strategy come up, right? And it's so funny because when we were all organizing, I never looked at anything we did as a strategy. Um, I think what, what really got our coworkers going was the ALU, what made me stay as an organizer initial, initially was Anyone could promise you anything, right? Initial, initially, it was the culture that the ALU created for their coworkers to feel comfortable outside of working eight, 10, 12-hour shifts. And so those days where I wanted to come and organize, I had about 10 to 15 organizers around me who made me feel like family. We, we blasted music, Spanish music, hip-hop music, R&B. We ate soul food. We ate... We ate baked ziti. We we were, you know, it was like it was kind of like college all over again. <laughs> that line's so, line's so fun. <laughs> but then it was still like cool, the respect cool. for each other. And, the union, it's like college and all our over backgrounds again. and our age mm. ranges was still um, implemented in how we treated each other. And so um, we weren't in the building yet organizing. We weren't allowed to be yet. Um, and I seen personally that. Every, each and every one of us, we took that ad, that attitude from at the bus stop, and then we brought it in the building. So we took the pamphlets, we took our tables, we took our literature, our petitions, our sign-up sheets. We brought it in the building. We brought our Bluetooth speaker, 
And when everyone was telling us to turn the music down, we refused because that was just one person who was who was the bunch that didn't want That's or didn't cool. understand what we were trying to do. But the majority, they wanted to feel they wanted to feel like they weren't at work. They wanted to feel like they were with another another part of a family at work. Um, dedicating so much time. Me personally, I worked RT shift. I know. You, you know, RT shift, right? Overnight, um, 12 hour shifts. And um, I was away from my, my four-year-old son. And being a part of the ALU family, that's what really got me by at Amazon because I probably would have quit. That's real though, that's, that's really that's real. Being with the ALU family and seeing how genuine their purpose was to create a union for people who needed higher wages, who needed better medical benefits, who also needed longer break times. It was something that I was willing to dedicate myself and sacrifice a lot for. Um, so saying that, I would say now looking, we did have strategies, but this, but it was more of um, it was more of like a, a, a genuine, what can we do for each other? And so, um, I mean, even in those break rooms, 12 hours at a time on my off day, we would still ask workers who didn't want to organize with us, what would you guys like to see? How can we make it more inviting, more comforting? And um, that was a part of our strategy, just those one-on-one -on -one conversations to up our ante in the warehouse, to make our presence known, to um, solidify that this is by, not only by law, this is what we can do, but maybe even if it wasn't bylaw, this is probably what we would have done. <laughs> so um, yeah, I would say um, I, I I wouldn't be able to name specific strategies, but definitely building our own culture within the JFK warehouse was definitely one of our one of our things. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, wild. That's wild. That's, that's, uh, they they were being, being so, so defiant. defiant uh, uh, like 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 equally like almost equally militant, militant right? right? That their that their, their project, project was just to, just occupy, to occupy the inside, the inside of the warehouse, warehouse. And, and by defying their bosses, their bosses who were trying who were to kind of control, control them, them. they're like, no, they're we're like, actually going to do whatever, do whatever we, want. we want. Uh, I mean, it's actually it just sounds like they were pushing back against a toxic workplace, like uh, a very uh, uninviting toxic workplace that was meant to you know discourage community building and and eventually just push people out so that they don't have to deal with wages getting higher or anything like that hey, so. yeah, that's a very crucial that she spoke about you know the fact that um the Staten island warehouse was you know employing people from all five boroughs right so i mean fortunately we don't have to we have to travel travel across city right but we don't have to worry about getting on a ferry and stuff like that so uh yeah, no, again, uh, kind of like I, I stated at the time, right, it's um, really addressing and getting to the material needs of of everybody involved, uh, very important step. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, and uh, uh, as a as native, a New, Yorker, native New, Yorker, New Yorker, I can tell you, I can tell you when, when she's when, talking, when about, she's the talking ferry, about the ferry, there's no, there's no subway, subway to Staten Island. Island. You cannot go cannot on go the subway to Staten Island. You go to the subway, you go on the ferry. So if you're coming from Brooklyn or Queens, if you're driving, you're looking at 45 minutes to an hour, probably more than an hour. 
if you're if taking, you're the, taking subway, the subway, you could, you could be looking, looking like a two-hour commute two or, or something. Sheesh. And this, this, this impacted me. I worked at the Amazon warehouse in Virginia when I moved down there to live with my my now wife. Well, I guess we'll keep all the names. I'll keep my names off that. But I had to pay for a bus to drive me to the suburbs, this kind of exurb or whatever where the warehouse was. And it was $90 a week. Which was which like was a whole, like day, whole day of my, of my week, week. And, uh, and uh, so that, so that, that transportation, transportation thing, thing, I think this, I think person, this person is amazing, is amazing that, that they're, they're like, like very, very intuitively aware of the, the emotional, emotional and, and the logical, logical and militant, militant aspects. aspects. I really, I really was moved by that thing where she's talking about back being in college, right? Because what happens when you're in college, I guess, people are asking your opinion. People are asking people are the right, right to, justify to justify your opinions and express yourself and stuff, and, and, and people are exploring their identity and stuff. And that is and that what is life's what about. And why can't you just keep, keep doing, that? doing that? And if the and boss, boss is trying to tell you, no, your identity is you're part of the same family as Jeff Bezos. You're like like his like he is like a god, and you are like like an ant or whatever. But you're just there's all the ants together are very important. You know, you know, and it's like no, no, fuck that. Like we don't actually have to listen to you. And you're yeah, yeah. Don't let your employer define, you know, your place in life for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, hello everybody. Um, I'm Isaiah Thomas. I don't Alabama man <laughs> with my overalls and everything. <laughs> but um, I love talking strategy and uh, organizing. Talking about the state of Alabama. Any kind of any kind of collective action, and like my sister Christina, in the South there is this um, mindset that you cannot challenge authority, like this slave mind. And in terms of us organizing and strategizing people together, we have to overcome that. It's another ball game. So what we If somebody is unjustly fired, stand together, march to HR, and you say this person has job back. He has to pay for his bills, has to take care of his kids, he has bills to pay. If you attack okay, one hey, of hey. us, and that is an attack on all of us. That is what the goal sorry about that. And that's what the goal is, is to get people to think that after our situation as if they're all interconnected because we cannot individualize our own problem. We have to look at it as a system. We have to look at it as a social issue. A social issue. We have to look at it as an economic issue. So I have to say, in Alabama, we're not only looking for power in the but we are looking for political power word, word. as well. Because why is it? Why is it the case? that a majority of my coworkers, paycheck to paycheck, they live in poverty. Some of them don't even have homes. I've seen too many of my coworkers go without eating a meal on a 10 to 12 hour shift. That is bullshit. Thanks. And in terms of building power, 
it isn't only just in this facility. We're going to show solidarity to everyone up on this stage, no matter where they are at, if not only in the United States, but around the world, because we are all working class people and we should learn from one another about how one, we can one thing they did. Yeah, yeah. At that, at that, I'll let him finish. You know, when you're organizing and when you're strategizing, you're always learning what went really well. And what I realized and what I learned that was a real pivotal option that we did was house visits. Meeting people where they're at in their homes, talking to them, more likely to open up about their issues. They're more likely to talk to you about what they want to see change. And a lot of people, they wanted to see a better pay increase. This $15 an hour is not enough. It is not enough. So to sum everything up, when you're, when you're organizing in the South, when you're trying to get collective action, the, we have to fight on a multi-pronged level because there is racism in the South to this day. There's sexism in the South to this, to this day. day. And then you have the local government who is antagonistic to you because they don't want you to win power because if they know that you win power, mm -hmm. then there will be a working class organization in that town that will actually start working for us, for that's, the that's, working people. That's one that's thing one they thing did they at did that, that, uh, that, uh, that the, at the Amazon, Amazon plant, plant they had they the cops. cops. At the, at Amazon, the Amazon plant, they had the cops, cops doing the security. Doing the security. So, uh, so uh, they had a they lot had of teenagers, teenagers working, working there and, there and stuff, and they would and try, they would to, try kinda to kind of steal, steal something, something and take it outside. And, and so the cops, cops would arrest them sometimes, sometimes or whatever. Because they had this super intense internal security, and then in the parking lot, it was the Virginia Richmond police. So, yeah, that local government business nexus is very real. That's how we treat family? Yeah, well, you know. No, I think I, I think the everybody you know um, said something I think pretty enlightening, but something that I feel like a lot of us don't consider sometimes is uh, what he said. Right? Is they're kind of and we I've used this term before, right? The belly of the beast as far as being in America, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. down in the south, that's that's <laughs> in Alabama, that's the belly belly, right? So there's this whole other. I was gonna say cultural, but it's cultural in, in every aspect, not just in, in labor, right? That they're they're kind of working against. Uh and it's easy to sometimes kind of like throw away it's like, oh, you know, in Alabama, the South, forget about it, right? They're it's uh hopeless, right? But it's a good reminder that uh no, this is there's a bunch of working class people that and those are the people that precisely that need to be reached, right? Um to both uh hope from that young man, um, and also just kind of opening to see what they're what's what, what we're up against right and what specifically locally some people are up against well there's, well, a, there's great a great book the hammer and the hoe about, about the uh, uh, uh the, communist the communist party, party basically, basically went, from went from the north, north down, down to alabama, alabama to try to, try to kind of organize maybe in a top-down top way, way but they, but got, they got there, there. And they found, they found out there was this local tradition of organizing, and they sort of made this kind of synthesis of the different methods to, to create this very militant struggle in the mines and factories in uh, Montgomery, I think. But I think Bessemer is like a 
Let's check this. Where is Bessemer? Is that how far? Is that like XL? Is that like near another city? Looks like it is. The suburb, suburb of Birmingham, Birmingham, I think. I think. That's on that's Wikipedia. Wikipedia. So, so this, this is kind of like, like the, the, if, uh, like Aurora's Yeah, I mean, it's like an exurb of like a somewhat big industrial city. I think the hammer and the hole might have been in this city. Birmingham. Yep. Just, yeah, that's a good way to put it, suburb of Birmingham. Not too far from Tuscaloosa. Good old Tuscaloosa, huh? Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty well. I guess I you guess heard, heard from, from everyone. everyone. They, they, they they talk, talk more, more about, about the different, the different struggles, struggles in their, in their areas. areas and, uh, and, uh, uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Jose. Sorry, Jose. We, we, there was some. Uh, uh, there was a reverb, so I had to mute you. Please go ahead. Yeah. No. I mean, that. That. Yeah. I guess I was talking for a minute, but um. Yeah, which call what time frame was that? Uh, which call it? Um, Hammer and the Hoe. When were the communists down there? Uh, uh, I'm glad, I'm you, glad asked you asked me. Uh, Does Kelly, Kelly details, details? I think it's I think about, it's the, about 1930s, the 1930s, approximately. But it's, but it's a nice it's quote. quote. It says, it says Kelly, Kelly details how black workers in Alabama, Alabama made, made communism their, their own, blending, blending the, teachings the teachings of Marx and Lenin with those of the black church. And the, and the lessons of decades, decades of, resistance of resistance to slavery, slavery segregation, segregation, and racist, racist terrorism. terrorism. Okay. Um, we're about at the two uh, hour and a half mark now for our show. We're a half hour into this uh, panel. It's a great panel, like, for all the reasons that you guys are laying out. I think that uh, you have a diverse group of people from across the U.S. Um, the West Coast is not so represented, but, I mean, you have... Um, so many, so much of like the, uh, you know, we don't really get a lot of the South representation in like leftist spaces sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like having this, uh, like kind of militant labor, um, arc here is exciting. Uh, maybe we can finish watching this, the, the last hour and a half of the panel, um, you know, on the next episode. Um, and maybe, sure, we'll or, you know, we, uplifted we uplifted their narrative, their narrative with, our, with our, with our podcast, our podcast. You, know, you know, I've, I've got, got 799 Twitter followers, followers, you know, right, you know, right now, so, so maybe not, not all of them would have watched, would have watched uh, the, uh, uh, labor notes labor thing if thing we wouldn't, uh, uh, put it together or whatever. So probably though, us like, you know, watching this and then soy facing about like, you know, all the amazing, uh, Struggles, they've executed, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, I thought it was pretty exciting um, way to close the show, just that, you know, this is the hope, uh, this this pink tide that's happening, you know, across Latin America. They can do it across nations, across cultures, and across so many borders and so much history. Yeah. Um, the U.S. trying to do this shared, you know, through Amazon's uh, labor struggle um is 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 doable and that's why jeff bezos is probably freaking out and everybody, and everybody was talking, was the, talking internationalism, the internationalism which i really admire, I really admire you know you know 
Mm-hmm. They're like it's not just yeah, about not improving just about our life. Our it's, life. About, it's about uh, workers, uh, across, workers borders, across borders. You know. Borders, you know? Yep. yep. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> but anyway, I thought I'd let you close us out and um, what to call it. Maybe we can call it from there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, OIS, uh, OIS info. info. Uh, we're, uh, here we're here on the on internet, the internet reporting, reporting the news, news reporting, reporting the, the uh, likes, likes, retweets, retweets faves, faves, and, and uh, calling balls, balls and strikes. And strikes. So, so this, this uh, Amazon, Amazon workers, workers hit it out, out of the park, park out of the park, home run, run, running, running around, around the bases, the, bases, the, crowd's, the crowds on the field, the, field, the, cops, the cops are shoving, are shoving people, people, but they're just getting socked in the eye, falling down. They've retreated. They're running. Uh, uh, soldiers, soldiers field, field. No, it's no, workers, workers field. field. It's workers it's field. field. They turn they this high agency into, into a, a, a fucking, a fucking uh, mind blowing galaxy, galaxy of, uh, of uh, labor, labor power. power. And, and you love to see it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you hear uh, Pritzker, I guess it's getting the troops ready. Yeah. <laughs> At Hyatt Regency. Pritzker, yeah. what's going on? What are you talking about, Pritzker? JK. Jester Maxing. Pritzker, Jester Maxes. Maybe. But, um, but yeah, you have the comm, so I thought I'd let you hit the. All right, I'll, I'll hit, hit the. Uh, the uh, I'll, call I'll call it. it. Good night, Good night everyone. everyone. Good luck. Good luck.